this, this weekend. Now, I'm going to do something with my phone. I'm going to do an action. And I want you to yell out from your seats, whether you're here or one of our campuses, I want you to yell out the action that I'm doing. Sound good? All right. Selfie. Selfie. You got that. You know, the word selfie is a common word in our everyday culture, right? A definition of a selfie is a photograph that one has taken of oneself, typically with a smartphone, uploaded to a social media website. I don't know if you knew, but the origin of the word selfie was traced back in the year 2002, and it was first found that an Australian man used this word selfie when he posted a photo of his busted up whip to an internet forum, and he wanted advice from the internet on what to do with his whip. Whether you're on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, or Snapchat, chances are you probably have taken a selfie in your day. The word selfie became official in 2013 when the Oxford English Dictionary put the word selfie in the dictionary. But something happened in 2011 that radically changed selfies. You see, in 2011, Instagram added this option called filters that you can add to your photo. Now, a filter is uh, an ability to edit or uh, doctor or enhance the photo you're uploading to social media. Now, every social media site has the option to add filters. I have two girls, and uh, they're ages 11 and 9, and I, and I love them, and they're, all, they're always texting me uh, photos of themselves that are heavily filtered photos. Uh, let me show you a couple of the idea of uh, these photos of them. Do we have them? Go get Sudan. So we, so we have, these, have these girls, and they're always sending me these photos of uh, themselves, but they never send me the original photo of themselves. You know, filters are so commonplace in our culture that, oh, there they are. <laughs> they're great. Filters are so commonplace in our culture that, you know, on social media, they, they created a hashtag called hashtag no filter. And what that does is when you put this hashtag in front of your filter or, or when you're on your post, it tells people that you're uploading an original, unedited, unenhanced photo. Now, just think about that. Our society had to create this hashtag no filter because so many photos we're uploading are filtered and enhanced that we needed to tell our social media followers Right? that the photo we're showing is the original photo. But you know, just how we put up photos that are filtered in our own lives on social media, we can also live a filtered life every day. See, we can walk around everyday life with filters we put on ourselves. See, when we put on filters on our lives, here's what happens. We miss, right, what God is doing in us. We actually miss out on the person God intended us to be. See, our filters create false identities that overtake our spiritual identity in Christ. And the more and more we accept these false identities, the more we end up believing the lie. You see, it's actually kind of easy to create and live out a false identity. In fact, it's kind of easier sometimes to be a filtered version of ourselves. But truth of the matter is this. That life is unsustainable. See, two results happen 
from living a filtered version of yourself. Number one is you're not gonna be able to sustain it. You can't live life that way. But secondly, you're not gonna live the full life that God intended you to live. Jesus tells us in John 10.10 that that they may have life and have it to the full. So here the truth of the matter is today is that for some of us, we put a filter on our lives and we limit the authentic life God desires for us. My prayer today is this, that you come away with our big idea, which is this. Understanding who we are in Christ changes the way we live our lives. See, when we embrace our true biblical identity, we will live the unfiltered life God intended us to live. See, for all of us here today, no matter where you are on your spiritual journey, whether you're just searching out faith or you've been a Christian for a long time, this can apply to you. Because if you go to the core of who we are, I think there are times where in each of us, we put a filter on our lives. But beneath the filter, know this. You are somebody who is deeply loved, deeply cared for, and called by God to do great works. See, our true self in Christ is the only self that supports authenticity. Nothing is more important than when we discover who we really are. See, when we discover who we are, we can have that deep, fulfilling relationship with God. But more importantly, when we discover who we are, when we discover identity, God can transform us, God can use us to impact our world. The real you is always better than the fake you. Understand this, God wants you to embrace your biblical identity. He wants more for your life. He wants to transform you through an authentic, unfiltered relationship with him. Our main verse today is from 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18. If you have a Bible, I encourage you to open that up. If you have an app on your phone, you can turn to your app. But if you don't have it, the words will be on the screen as well. Here's what 2 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 16 to 18 says. But whenever anyone turns to the Lord, the veil is taken away. Now the Lord is the spirit, and with the spirit of the Lord, there is freedom. And we all who with unveiled faces contemplate the Lord's glory are being transformed into his image with ever increasing glory, which comes from the Lord who is the spirit. See, this passage describes a very important aspect of the Christian life and what it means to be a Christian. Verse 16 says, anybody who turns away from the Lord, the veil is taken away. Here's what that means in 2019. When you become a Christian, there is no more filter. Why? Because what the spirit of the Lord is, the Bible says there is freedom. There is freedom in being yourself. There is freedom being the person God created. There is freedom taking away the filters in our life. 
2 Corinthians says that once you remove that filter and you live a life that is unfiltered, you're living as your authentic self, God can come in and transform us. So let's take a look at the various filters in our lives that hinder our growth. If you're taking notes in your bulletin, I encourage you to take notes. And for each filter that we're going to look at, we're going to look at also how God describes our true identity apart from that filter. Here's the first filter. It's the mouth filter, what I say. See, what we say is sometimes masked by a filter. What we say may not be entirely consistent in every aspect of our life. Here's what I mean. You come to church on the weekends and uh, you're praising God and you're, and, and you're speaking to everybody and you're saying all the right things, but maybe your speech is different when you are with your coworkers or your friends or even in your own household. See, sometimes we can put a mouth filter over our lives and our speech is different depending whether we're with other Christians or outside the church. See, the mouth filter, it kind of comes from two places of origin in our lives. The first origin it comes from is we put a filter on because we allow our environment to dictate our speech. And for some of us, we allow uh, the friends and the coworkers to influence us, and we limit what we say as Christians. But secondly, we put on this filter because sometimes we have a fear or an insecurity of how people will receive our faith. See, we think that we can't speak about Christ or we can't speak about the Bible because we're afraid and we have this fear of what other people think. See, this filter, what it looks like is you come to church and you're, you're praising God with your lips, but then as you drive out of here, someone cuts you off and you're saying a complete opposite set of words. Check out what James 3, 3 says about our speech. James 3, verse 9 through 10. It says this. With the tongue, we praise our Lord and Father, and with it, we curse being, human beings who've been made in God's likeness. Out of the same mouth comes praise and cursings. My brothers and sisters, this should not be. The Bible's pretty clear, right? That as a Christian, you can't speak from both sides of your mouth meaning you can't praise God and also curse others. You see, God has given our voice, our lips, as a tool. Your words, your speech, your language was meant to bring hope, was meant to bring encouragement, was meant to bring life to those around you. See, when we talk, whether we're in church on the weekends or out with our neighborhood or friends or in our coworkers, what I say needs to reflect the hope of Christ working in me. First Peter 3.15 tells us this. But in your hearts, honor Christ the Lord as holy, always being prepared to make a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yeah, do it with gentleness and respect. See, how different would our environments be if we chose, right, 
to speak all the time like we have the hope of Christ living actively in us. Your identity is someone who gives hope through what you say. There's a second filter that we put in our lives, and the second filter that we can use in our lives is what I call the hand filter, what I do. Let me know if this following scenario has ever come across uh, your everyday life. So let's say you go to Starbucks or, or your local coffee shop, and you order a coffee, and there's this little tip jar around the counter, and you want to tip, but you can't tip. You know why? Because the barista's back is turned to you. And you don't tip because you want them to actually see that you're actually tipping them for the service. So you kind of wait and you time it perfectly. And as they're preparing your coffee and they turn around, and as soon as they turn around, you give them the tip. Right? Perfect timing. I don't know if you've been in a situation, but I know that I have been there all the time. You see, when we do something good, there's, there's a strong part of us that wants to be recognized for it. There's, this is the hand filter, that what we do must be seen by others. What I do must be noticed by others. What I do must be validated by others. For some of us, our devotional time doesn't count unless we post about it. Or our prayer time needs to be publicly displayed. Or when, every time we open our Bible, we're posting photos about it. And where does, that, where does that come from? That comes from the hand filter that says, I must be validated by what other people think, how other people like my post. Matthew 6 tells us this. And when you pray, do not be like the hypocrites, for they love to pray standing in the synagogues and on the street corners to be seen by others. Truly I tell you, they have received the reward in full. But when you pray, go into your room, close the door, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Then your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And when you pray, do not keep on babbling like pagans, for they think they'll be heard because of their many words. Do not be like them, for your Father knows what you need before you ask him. God sees the good you're doing. God sees the work you're doing. The Bible tells us that we don't need to be broadcasting to the world every time we do something positive. But the core of our humanity is validation, to be valued by others. But this is our false self, and this is not our true self. See, your worth isn't what others think about you. Your worth was already settled on the cross by Jesus Christ. I remember years ago, my wife and I, we were uh, trying to make a decision on our offering, and we were trying to decide whether we were going to give uh, online instead of via personal check. And I was hesitant and fearful. And, you know, and I wasn't fearful about the process, which is really easy, really secure. Do you know what scared me? What scared me was what the people next to me were gonna think about me. 
See, I, I was scared about the person to my right and left and, and seeing that bucket being passed every week and, and not seeing that I gave. And when I came to look at that core root, what I realized was I was putting the hand filter in my life. That I was trying to be validated by the people in my pews every weekend so they can see me put a piece of paper in the bucket. Now, my wife and I give online, which by the way, I think is the easiest and most secure way to give a Grace Fellowship. And when I look back at that, I think it's kind of crazy to think that I was trying to validate myself by putting this filter on my life. See, that filter tells us that the only good that we do is because others see it. So we have to ask ourselves, where are our motives? See, when you do something good for somebody, can you just do it without fame, without recognition? When you serve in the church, do you do it so people will notice you, people will validate you, or do you do it because of you're obedient to God's word? The Bible says everything you do, do it all for the glory of God. So when we look at this filter in our lives, we need to ask ourselves, am I doing X truly for the glory of God or am I doing it to prove my worth to others? See, our true identity is someone who does everything for the glory of God because our worth and our value was validated on the cross of Jesus Christ. There's a third filter that we put in our lives, and that's the face filter, what I show. This past July, a social media frenzy happened with a phone app called the Face app. And this app, it requires, it, what it does is it takes people's faces and it makes them look a lot older and a lot younger. And from July 10th, to July 18th, the Face app had 12.7 new million new users. 12.7 million new users. Astounding number. In that one week, the Face app had more new users than the six months combined. Just show of hands at all of our campuses. Raise your hand if you downloaded and used the Face app. All right, a few of you, yeah. If you weren't, if you weren't one of the 12.7 million people. Uh, let me try to give you an example and see if we have that example here. Let me show you an example of our communications director, Jeff Stasco. Some of you may know Jeff. And this is, this is a normal photo of him, uh, an unfiltered photo. And let me show you the photo he used when he used the Face app and what, how he transformed himself. And this is him looking a lot older. It's kind of scary how accurate that is, right? And this is why it kind of took social media by storm because people were uploading photos and they were looking a lot like their younger self and their older self. But you know, momentum quickly died when reports uh, came out that this app actually had a lot of privacy concerns. But think about this, right? But isn't it amazing what this app taught us? It's amazing 
that we're so willing to show a different side of us. Think about it. We were much 12.7 million new users in one week. Why? Because we wanted to show our past self and we wanted to show our future self. But what about our current self? See, for most of us on social media, whether it's Facebook or Twitter or Instagram or Snapchat, whatever you're on, it's a lot of highlight reels, right? Like, as, we're, as I'm scrolling through social media, it's kind of everybody's best of the best and it's everybody's highlight reel. And, and, and if we kind of look at the core of what we post, they're just highlights, right? And for a lot of us, we only wanna have the highlights for most of our life and to present to everybody else. It's a highlight reel. It's not our true self, actually. You see, I, when I go out with my wife on a date, I wanna post that picture to show everybody, right? But I'm not gonna post the time I forgot to buy her a Christmas present. True story. <laughs> but even apart from social media, right? We do that in our lives the same way, right? Somebody comes up to you and they ask, how are you? And our default response is, I'm good, right? I'm fine. See, we present an image of ourselves that is not true. And what happens is if we use this filter in our lives, it actually bleeds into the rest of our life. See, when we use this filter in our lives, we kind of present an image of ourselves that is not true a fake version of ourselves. And then it bleeds into our relationship with God. And then when, we're, when we have this relationship with God, we kind of put out the highlight reel, the fake us. And then the more we adapt this filter into our lives, we take this and we use it with our family members. And we use it with our friends. And soon we believe the lie we created. The fake self we show others bleeds into everything else as a filtered way to live. That's not your true self. I grew up in an Asian American household and my cultural upbringing basically was this filter. You see, I was taught don't show when you're struggling. Don't show when you're hurt. Don't show when you have a bad day. Right? Don't show when you're angry. Don't show when you're upset. And, and, and my culture upbringing taught me this. And I'm living my life like this. Filtered. Never showing a sign of weakness. That I was, that's how I was taught. But as I grew in my relationship with Christ, I realized who I am in Christ is more important. And what's more important is to be my true self. Do you know that having a filtered life is nothing new? We actually, can, we actually see this all the way back in Genesis 3. Genesis 3 is the account of Adam and Eve with the serpent. 
And the serpent is tempting them to eat from the tree that God told them not to eat from. You see, the serpent knew that to break them apart from walking with God and having a great life that they were living, he wanted to attack their identity. You see, what he was telling them was, you are not enough. What God has given you is not enough. Don't listen to God. Eat from this tree. See, the serpent knew that if he can get them to believe the false identity, it would take their life on a different path. Let me show you what happened in Genesis 3. It says this. Then the eyes of both of them were opened, and they realized they were naked. So they sewed fig leaves together and made coverings for themselves. Then the man and his wife heard the sound of the Lord God as he was walking in the garden in the cool of the day. And they hid it from the Lord God among the trees of the garden. But the Lord God called to the man, where are you? He answered, I heard you in the garden and I was afraid. I was naked, so I hid. You see, because of their sin, a thought came to the senses that never came before. And this thought was, whoa, I'm exposed. I'm naked. You see, life was great. Nothing, that thought never came into their minds until they tried to take an identity that wasn't theirs. You see, when we try to live a life that is not ours, that creates a barrier between us and God. See, they were ashamed of who they were, and God didn't even say anything to them, and a feeling of nakedness came upon them. Sin creates a divide between us and God. See, when we reject the self that God created, us in the image of himself, we have a false self that we develop in our own likeness. See, this is the person that we would create if we were God. This is the person we would create if we had the power. But this persona that we create is an illusion and it cannot exist and ultimately it's unsustainable. So I ask all of us here today, what part of your life are you hiding? What part of your life do you hide? Let me illustrate what it looks like to walk in an unfiltered, God-intended identity. In the Old Testament, in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 17, there's an account of David and Goliath. And, and, and this account is a familiar story for many of us, but there's a point in the narrative that's really key on walking in your identity. If you're not familiar with this narrative, let me give you just a brief recap for you. In 1 Samuel 17, we have the Israelites battling the Philistines. And the Philistines sends out their top soldier, Goliath. 
Goliath is described as standing over nine feet tall, wearing a coat of bronze armor, weighing 125 pounds, and carrying a spear that weighed 15 pounds in itself. You see, if the Philistines defeated the Israelites, the Israelites would have to submit to the Philistines. So 40 days, 40 nights, Goliath trots out looking for a battle. But nobody from the Israelite army steps up. They're scared. They're fearful. But we have this young boy named David, and he's, every day he's going back and forth, delivering supplies to his brothers, and he's delivering supplies to the other soldiers. And on the 40th day, he says, I'll do it. I'll fight. No one takes him seriously, right? He's just a little boy. He's just a, he runs errands for them, right? But finally, after some pleading, King Saul says, yeah, I'll let you battle Goliath. Let me show you what happens in 1 Samuel 17, verse 38 to 39. Then Saul dressed David in his own tunic. He put a coat of armor on him and a bronze helmet on his head. David fastened on his sword over the tunic and tried walking around because he was not used to them. I cannot go in these, he said to Saul, because I'm not used to them. So he took them off. David knew who his true self was. See, he didn't fit in someone else's armor using someone else's weapon, he knew that in order to do what God has called him to do, he had to walk in an unfiltered, authentic life. He had to walk in his own clothes, in his own skin. What about you? Are you wearing someone else's armor? Or are you being true to you, who you are, removing the filters that society tells us to put in our lives. See, when David volunteered to fight Goliath, nobody believed he can do that. But also, they said, no, you need to put on this armor and use this weapon, and this is how you need to do it. See, your environment may tell you, may dictate to you how to live a life that's different than how God has called you to live. See, standing in front of you and true transformation is a filter that desperately needs to be removed from your life. Later on in David's life, he writes a phrase in Psalms 139. And in Psalms 139, when we read that, it sheds a whole new light on David's battle with Goliath. Let me read this to you. This is Psalms 139, verse 14. David wrote this. I praise you because I'm fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. I love the last part of this verse where he says, I know that full well. See, as we read 1 Samuel 17, 
David bet his life on walking in his identity. He risked his life understanding that the only way to break through, the only way to fight his battle was to be his true self. So when he writes these words, I know that full well. You can tell he lived that phrase. And that he knew that he was made perfect in the sight of God and God gave him everything he needed to get through his life. Your true self in God is knowing that you are fearfully and wonderfully made in his image. My prayer today is that maybe God has spoken to you about a filter you use in your life. So, how do we live as our true self? Let me give you some actionable steps. So I'm gonna give you four steps on how to live as your true self, and to make it easy for you to remember, I put them in the acronym of SELF, S-E-L-F. Here's the first step of living your true self. Number one, stop comparing. Stop comparing yourself to people. Stop looking at other people on social media and want their life. Stop looking at other people next door to you and think you need to live their life. Stop looking at what people have and think that you need to have the same possessions as well. Understand this. Who you are, what you have, is enough for God. Who you are, what you have, how God has made you and wired you, that person is enough for God. Stop comparing. Next, examine your motives. Why are you doing what you do? See, when you offer to volunteer or to serve, are your motives good? When you do something for someone else, what is your true motive? I constantly need to ask myself that, right? That when I accept to do things, and when I say yes to things, I need to look inside my heart and say, what's my motivation behind this? Is my motivation truly to serve without recognition? Or is my motivation to be validated by others? Examine your motives. A third action step is this. Let go of insecurities. I think if we're truly honest with ourselves, I think for each of us, there's a part of our life where we're insecure about. It could be because of traumatic event. It could be because childhood wounds. But if we're really honest with ourselves, we have insecurities. I have insecurities I need to walk through. But in order to live out our true identity in Christ, what I need to do is let go of my insecurities and let Christ take over. See, your insecurities will weigh you down and your insecurities will prevent you to living the life God intended you to live. Lastly, 
find accountability. Is there someone in your life that can call you out when you put filters on? Do you have somebody who can point out when you have a filter in your life? See, if you don't have someone, you need someone to give permission to that will tell you, listen, that's not you. What are you doing? What are you saying? That's not how you should be living. Or what are you doing? That's not how God made you. One of the best ways that I found growth in my life is to have people in my life that can speak truth to me and to keep me accountable. So how do you live as your true self? Right? Stop comparing. Examine your motives. Let go of insecurities. Find accountability. When you remove the filters from your life, you'll be able to be transformed and used by God and to walk in your spiritual identity. Let's pray. God, we are thankful for who we are. Thank you for creating us just right in your image. My prayer today is this, that whoever's listening right now, that we look at the filters in our lives and remove these filters from our lives so we can live the authentic, true self you have called us to live. We pray this in Jesus' name, amen.